Welcome back to another episode of Blue Line Millennial Podcast. This is not uh, my three-hour episode that I did last night uh, uh, where I had way too much to drink and it got way too late and, and I just started mumbling to myself. No, today I'm sitting down uh, remotely uh, with Brandon and Derek from the Texas Tactical Police Officers Association. Kind of a mouthful, TTPOA for short. Guys, how's your day going? It's going pretty well, man. We're going pretty well. Yeah, doing so. good. Uh, thank you for uh, thanks for having us, man. Uh, yeah. Hope uh, hope we can uh, entertain you and entertain uh, your listeners. Sounds good. Well, we'll probably suck, so sorry. No, that's all right, <laughs> man. That's all right. Zoom just told me my little Zoom thing just popped up and said that there's like a forty minute time frame on here. So if we if we cut out, I'll just start another meeting for us on Zoom, uh, and I can uh, I can edit okay. that in there. So that way, if the listener knows if there's some lag time in there, then then all good. Uh, the, uh, the nonprofit shout out today is to the Te- Texas Tactical Police Officers Association because the TTPOA is in fact a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, uh, they've got a scholarship fund, a fallen officers fund, uh, free training for officers as well as paid training. Uh, and we're gonna dive headlong into what TTPOA is. But before I do that, I gotta put you both on the spot. So we're gonna have, uh, I believe Brandon has to go first on this one. Brandon, if you could have a drink yeah. with anybody, uh, living or dead, who is it, and what are you drinking? Man, that was that was a hard one. Uh, but I think I'll go. I'm I'm a huge music fan. Like like I grew up like music and stuff. So that's a huge passion of mine. Anybody who knows me knows that. So I think I'd have to pick. Like I'm a just big Hank Williams Jr. fan. So All right. and if you're gonna drink, that's a good person to drink with. And one of my favorite whiskeys right now is Waddy Boone and Sons. It's a it's a good American whiskey and. One of my favorites. So I'd sit down and get drunk and talk to Hank was my one of my favorite things to do. I like it. I like it. Hank Williams Jr.'s a new one. Nobody's brought that one up yet. Uh, what about you, yeah. Derek? What do you think, man? Oh man, I you know I'm sitting here. I'm still trying to think about it, and I just I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know I would probably yeah I'm dumb. I don't. Know. He's a dummy. <laughs> uh, I, you know what I would probably say it'd be one of my grandfathers that passed away when I was still young, uh, younger. I, you know, wasn't able to uh, to drink and uh, drink a choice, man. Sit down, you know, talk with him would probably have to be whatever he was uh, into. Uh, if, if if I had a guess, probably probably some type of whiskey. All right. So, well, good man. Those are both really awesome answers. Uh, I can appreciate both of those. Um, uh, there's like two of my grandfather. I don't even actually know if either of my grandfathers drank, but, but even if it was just sit down and, uh, you know, have an iced tea with them or whatever the case may be, just to have that opportunity to sit down and, and catch yep. up. And then, uh, on Brandon's point, there's a, a handful of musicians. Um, I'm a huge, uh, here's my, my, my like nerd thing coming through. I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. And I can only imagine sitting down with Frank Sinatra and drinking with him and then ending up in some sort of like, uh, I don't know, mafia hit issue up in Vegas or something <laughs> along those lines. The man, wa- the man once tried to hit uh, a casino, like a pit boss with a chair and it didn't work out too well for him, but oh well. So. Imagine the Rat Pack stories that, <laughs> oh my that God. you would get from that. Jeez. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas would never be the same ever again. Nope. Yeah. No. That'd be some good stuff. That would be it would be an awesome sit down to have with them. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and my next question to you both, and we talked about it a little bit uh, offline before we started recording. Uh, what books are you currently reading or listening to? Um, uh, you know, just just kind of give us a rundown. Uh, Derek had to do a little bit of shit talking on Brandon, and it was specific to coloring books for Brandon. But <laughs> uh, yeah, because I mean, well, I mean, let's be honest here. 
Brandon is learning to read. I'm so proud of him right now. <laughs> the he Hooked on Phonics program is really doing wonders. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's amazing. So it, he's up to comic books, and you know, so yeah. probably like what coloring book is he coloring in right now? <laughs> I'm still on my color shit. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> I only get four colors. Is all I get to get to use. He's so, he's only allowed the Crayola eight pack. Crayon. Yeah, <laughs> Derek acts like he's a fucking rocket scientist over here. So. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm reading. A, hey, I'm actually reading a book right now. So maybe are you really, man? Oh yeah, dude. Deadly Force Encounters, man. Deadly Force Encounters okay. about Austin Ball shooting. Okay, where did you get that at? Uh, the Barnes and Noble. Okay, I never heard of that one. Interesting. It's a bookstore. It's a bookstore that has tons of uh, books and Man. other things. I, I didn't know what those were. I thought you were going to say your you, the last thing you read were directions to something. Or something. No, 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 no. I'm actually reading a uh, a uh, a book about officer involved shootings because uh, that's my go to. Uh, I'm the range master for my agency, so I kind of need to keep up with some of this stuff and um, like to throw a bunch of force science information towards the students just so they kind of, um, yeah. some of that stuff hits at home, you know, it, uh, hits closer at home. If you actually throw stats at them and real life stories from around the country. Absolutely. No, that's, yeah. good. that's good. Um, well, I actually just finished probably a few weeks ago, uh, audio book, still a book though, right? Hey, it still counts. Uh, I listen to a shitload of audio books. <laughs> still a book. It's still a book. It's still a book. Uh, so, uh, and you know what, the reason why I do it is cause I can drive and you know, I have so much things going on. It, it, it's easier for me to put that in my life schedule. And there's a lot of big words in books. So if you, if they read them to you, it's a lot easier. So mine was uh, death waits in the night by uh, Greg gravy Coker. He was a, uh, attack helicopter pilot for the, uh, um, night stalkers and man, amazing guy. We actually met him and did a podcast with him. Uh, during our conference this year uh, in April. And, man, what an incredible mm-hmm. human being he is. Amazing man. Uh, just a great story, uh, great storyteller. Uh, has been up and down in his career, what his career's done to him, and where he is now with it is just a great story. So I really, really enjoyed that book. And it was cool because now that I got to know him, uh, we exchanged phone numbers. So I'd, I'd hear something and you know, he was reading to me while I was in the shower and stuff like that. So I'm like, hey, I'm listening to you while I'm naked right now. And <laughs> but he would go into a little more depth. I'm like, man, what really happened here or this and that? And he would tell me some story. I'm like, damn, that was just, it was just, it was a great book. So that might be the last book I ever listened to. I don't know. You know. Well, and uh, it is nice though to, uh, to get kind of those behind the scenes stories of, you know, these little blurbs that you catch on the, the banner running across the bottom of the news or something along those lines. And then you talk to somebody who was actually there. Uh, yeah. you know, to have yeah. that opportunity. I had a, uh, in my, my previous life, um, uh, I did, I worked for a pest control company. We also did like, we sprayed weeds on the sides of the freeways and whatnot. And one of the superintendents, uh, for the Arizona department of transportation, um, was a, a Chinook pilot in Afghanistan. Oh. And, um, he was, uh, like the second Chinook. So extortion 17, uh, was his, oh, yeah. was his like wingman. Um, so, and it was, it was crazy to, uh, to hear about that or not, not, he wasn't his wingman, but he was involved in the, sorry, he was involved in like the rescue and recovery efforts. So he was, uh, the pilot, he, he took a, like a stick of, uh, Rangers out to secure the crash site. And it just so happened that a buddy of mine, Byron was one of the Ranger snipers on that Chinook, um, that, Mm. that this guy was flying. And, uh, 
uh, once I, I like put two and two together, I'd got on the phone, put Byron on the phone, handed the phone off to that, uh, that superintendent. And they had, you know, a good 15, 20 minute long conversation, uh, you know, just, uh, kind of reminiscing and, and trying to, trying to heal some of the, the, the wounds, you know, that, that you can't see type of thing. So, um, it is, it, it's pretty awesome to be able to go behind the scenes a little bit. Um, and then Derek, as far as this book on, on OIS is, um, do you pull stats directly from, from that book? Do you, do you delve into like for science Institute Institute when you talk about, you know, when you're training like the newbies or, or even just like in-service annual training for, for, uh, you know, the officers, even everybody that's been around where, where you get all your, like your OIS information from. Yeah. So mostly I, I, I get all my stuff from, you know, books like this material that talk about uh, real life, real world reality training and, and uh, situations that happen. Uh, and then we have uh, uh, an investigator in my agency who's an advanced force science. Uh, I guess uh, he has an advanced force science certificate, but um, he uh, does a lot of uh, officer involved shootings for us. And I go to him and he has all the stats. So, yeah, I mean, to, to, to answer it, I'd like to, to put as much real life world information in my classes so the students understand that this is reality, right? Um, this is why we do or we tell you to do something this way versus how you see something on YouTube or Instagram or something like that. You know, so I like to bring it home because most of the time, like the young kids, the rookie classes, the uh, the recruits, they really buy into it no matter what you say. Right. Because they just don't know. And then I really found out by getting some of the more tenured officers, the incumbents, if I can you know, bring it back to something that may have happened at my agency or. Uh, another local agency and kind of, you know, give them, Hey, this is what happened down the road or whatever. I can kind of get those guys to buy off of some stuff because, you know, training, training old heads is kind of hard sometimes. Sure. Sure. I, I, yeah. I can only imagine. Do you guys have, um, my agency puts on an OIS class, which everybody's encouraged to attend. It's not, it's not required. Uh, at least it wasn't two years, two, three years ago when I took the class, but they would bring in, our officers um, who had been involved in shootings. Is that something that, that your agencies do? Yeah, man. So we actually do that for our academy class. Um, uh, we bring in internal affairs. We bring in the investigator that I was speaking of earlier, the force science, the advanced force science investigator. We bring in all these people and then uh, they basically bring in officers that have been involved in shootings and it's basically like, Hey, if you get involved in shootings, this is what happens. This is the process. This is how it works. Uh, this is, you know, who you get to talk to, you bring in your lawyer, you do your walkthrough, and then we have several days and you do another walkthrough if need be. And they go over the whole process. And what it does is one, it informs the kids of, okay, this is like the reality of the job, but also it, it, they get asked all the questions that they've heard rumors about, right? Like, oh my God, am I, am I going to get in trouble? Are they going to take my gun? Are they going to do this? Like, am I going to get admin leave? And Am I going to get fired? You know, and it's and, and, and those guys, they do a great job of sitting down and explaining to these kids, no, this is the process. This is what happens. And this is what we're going to do. So be prepared. And we do it in this order, this step. So, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it works out well because also it's also kind of a uh, – the officers that have been involved in the shootings, you know, some of those guys, they come in, they get to talk about it, and, you know, they have really good stories. And if they can help a younger officer understand the realities or, hey, 
don't let your guard down because this may happen or this, or this happened to me, you know, um, one, they get to talk about it, they get it off their chest, you know, and they get to inform and help a younger officer from getting into, into the same situation that, you know, they may have found themselves in. Yeah. 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 Our department, um, we have, we, we have our own academy, so we get a lot of, um, teaching with our, our younger guys and stuff and hands on. So we have, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I teach in our, uh, academy. Uh, and one of the things I teach is uh, officer involved shooting, but mine's a little different. I've been in two officer involved shootings, one off duty, one on duty. So I talk about the off duty side of it. Uh, just what you should expect, uh, how that looks like. Uh, I play my 911 tape and just, we go over that and we talk about it, what it, what you should do when you call 911 because you're not getting on the radio. You're not always say the real police because you're in flip flops and the shorts and a t-shirt. Right. So you look like any little schmo out there. So what you should do after that. So I kind of developed that class, teach it for our academy. And then I go in more in depth. I teach it for TGPOA. So we do one day classroom of debriefs of mine and just what to do, what not to do. The media, stay off media, social media, things like that. And um, the next day we go out and we do concealment shooting. It's more of a, I'm not teaching you how to shoot as per se, um, a evaluating your equipment. How do you care? How do you do this? And do some drills. And, and we just kind of walk through some of the stuff that we talked about in classroom uh, and kind of go about that. So that's, that's what, that's what our department is currently does. And then that's what I do for TTPOA as well. Uh, when it comes to officer involved shooting. And awesome. I talk a lot with the that have been involved in shootings. I get their, their take on how, what they experience. And then I also, I've talked with a lot of guys that are been there, done that in the military and these tier one units and, and, and just talk with those dudes. Hey, you tell me what you've seen, what has been your experience? What, how does the body react to bullets being hit at? What have you seen? And, and, and I think that's a huge, it's always great for me to listen to these guys that have, a different side of it, but putting bullets in somebody's putting bullets in someone to stop them. Um, so I think that's a, um, I love educating myself um, and learning from those guys. Absolutely. Well, and, and the, the like off duty shooting, uh, you know, the fact that there's a course for that is an amazing resource. Cause here we have, I mean, from, uh, you know, I've been a cop for only four and a half years now, but it, from the, very beginning of the academy up till you know the last time I was in any sort of in-service training. Hey, you carrying off duty? Okay, good. Just make sure you're always you always have a gun on you. But nobody ever talks yeah. to you. Hey, what the fuck happens if I am in flip flops and board shorts and I'm carrying my yeah. you know Smith and Wesson shield or my P365, whatever the case may be, and I get into a shooting yeah. you know in somebody else's backyard? Like what? Yeah. What do I like? It's what do huge. I do? Yeah. It's, it's it's huge, and that's what because I always tell them. I said when I sat in that. Uh, academy seat my khaki pants and you know in 1998 i thought if i'm ever going to be involved in a shooting it's going to be working late nights on the streets and i'm going to be in uniform and it's all going to kind of take care of itself afterwards no you're by yourself it's you you got to take care of everything i always talk about painting the picture for the incoming officers like what do you want that officer to know if it was you coming in so make sure you say this, make sure you do this, make sure you do this, 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 and this. And it's cool. I've had a lot of good feedback of guys that have taken my class and have had involved officer involved shootings. Most of them have been in, uh, on duty, but it still relates to some of the same stuff we talk about. Um, so 
it's really, I haven't really found anybody yet that's had an off-duty shooting, but I would love to talk with them and kind of hear there. Because a lot of times you see off-duty shooting in the news. Well, they're wearing a part-time job. Right. Yeah, they're not off-duty, but they're in a damn uniform. They're still acting like the real police out there, not just some civilian walking, you know, to church where mine happened. That's where right. mine was in church with my family there and stuff so <clears throat> there's a there's that perspective that i give with, with uh in that class as well so um but no i, I enjoy it and that, i'm actually teaching in um the uh the uh national tactical police officer association next month in kansas i'll do my class up there so gotcha i'm, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm looking for i've never done that before so i'm excited about that good to go so if you're going to be at the ntoa conference in kansas uh next month make sure you go out and find uh brandon's class derek are you going to be at the ntoa conference as well man i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it i have uh i have was invited i was invited i'm sorry (laughs) but uh you know everything i have going on at work i couldn't get my schedule to uh to kind of to move around i'm actually going to be out training um in new mexico where i teach uh for a part kind of a part-time gig so i'll be out there uh teaching and won't be able to make it it's just one of those you know, and I'm, I'm bummed because I want to go, you know, with, with Brandon and do our podcast and, you know, teach or take some classes, but then just couldn't get to work out. Real life sucks. Our jobs suck. <laughs> it's it funny. It takes when... away from us going, dude, our jobs suck. It takes away from us going out and doing all the fun stuff we want to do. Right. 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 And, yeah. it's, and of course, it's, it's when you find something that you love doing, you know, teaching these courses, for example, you run out of fucking days in the week and hours in the days. So especially in a state like Texas, you know, the, I've only ever been, I've been in the airport in like Dallas, but I've only ever been to Amarillo. Um, but for you guys to drive from one end of your state is like a multi-day adventure. Whereas in Arizona, it's like, yeah, it'll take five hours. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But you know, it's like, it's, it's like real work too, man. Like my agency, you know, like, they're like, oh, you're leaving again. Oh, you're gonna go do this again. Like, what about? I'm like, oh, sorry, man. I, you know, I, yeah. I feel bad sometimes. I'm like, shit. You know, I don't want to get fired. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we make so much money with TGBA, you know, us personally. Yeah. So, right, yeah, right, yeah. Because yeah. you guys are you're rolling in your Lamborghini cash right now, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> This totally. voluntary job and pays so much yeah. that we volunteer for. So. <laughs> what 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 the listeners don't know is that Brandon and Derek are getting off of this uh, this Zoom call and then they're getting on their private jets so they can go and take their families to breakfast in Italy tomorrow. So uh, you know, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to uh, France. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My apologies, France. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to my private island. You know, so. Well, um, uh, Brandon, you mentioned uh, that you came on in, in 1998. Uh, I want to give you each the opportunity to kind of talk about uh, uh, where your career has gone in the past uh, for you, Brandon, what, 22, 23 years now. Um, yeah. So so we'll start with you, Brandon. Just walk me through, uh, you know, kind of what led you into being a cop, man. Did you grow up in Texas and always want to be a Texas cop, or, or how did it go? Uh, I grew up in Texas, yes. I'm a proud Texan. Uh so I I'm just that, jealous but, because I'm from Southern California. So, you know, oh, man, well, I, I have met a lot of good people out from California though. It, they, they changed my mind. I used to have a really, really negative slant on everyone out of California. Now I've met a lot of good people out there. So, 
Uh, if you can get rid of some of the idiots running run that state, it'd be an amazing state. It, well, yeah, and you look at like the state of California. You go, you want to go to the beach? Sounds good. Hey, do you want to go snowboarding tomorrow? Absolutely. Like, let's go do all these. You want to go yeah. hike and you know, in some yeah. of these beautiful national forests, and uh, you know, go out to the dunes. Like, it's such a diverse area, but it's yeah, it's the uh, the political climate that makes it suck. Uh, man, it, it was it was bad. Uh, but well, I, I went to California for the first time a few years ago in, uh, in Southern Cal. And man, it was gorgeous weather. And I, I was like, wow, these are not the people I expected to see around here. So it was really good. It was a really good time. Did so, you go to Disneyland? Uh, uh, yeah, we did that one day. Uh, went to Balboa Island. Uh, and we had some friends that, that stayed there, uh, lived, lived there. So we visited them. That was a real, I was like, man, this is like paradise. Dude. It was so cool. Awesome. Uh, I was going to be a smart ass and ask if you got all your autographs and you were at Disneyland from all the characters. And so. <laughs> <laughs> He could have tried. He could have them anyway. He could uh, have them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. So, no, actually, so I started my career in college. I wanted to be a nurse. And uh, after the first semester and year of uh, probably drinking too much and staying out way too late and not being really good at math, <laughs> that was not bad for me. So it's like, Hey, dumbass, you need to, uh, try something different. So I had a, had a, a guy I played baseball with in the dorm and he was going the criminal justice route and he was telling me about that. I was like, well, shit, man, that sounds pretty easy. There's not, there's no math in that shit. I can do that. I grew up, you know, cops and robbers and GI Joes and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, well, I'll do that. But I thought I was going to go federal. I thought I wanted to do something with the feds. And then uh, I got into the criminal justice side at, at, at college and um, got going with that and got on with the department I am now and decided, man, it's too hard to get in with the police department. I like what I'm doing. I like where I'm at. Uh, and so I stayed. And then um, so I got there in 98. I got on our SWAT team in 2003. And so I've done that uh, ever since then. Uh, I've been a school resource officer for a little while at a high school. I was in narcotics undercover for a while, and now I'm currently in auto theft. And I did like 14 years of patrol, so I had a, I had a lot of time in patrol. Uh, so that's kind of been my career with that. Um, and then got involved with TTBOA, I think, pretty pretty soon of after I got on the SWAT, whether it was competing in the competitions that we host or just going to a training that, uh, was offered. I was always wanting to do that. And then just through that, I built a lot of relationships and friendships with a lot of people. So I mean, like Derek, that's how, that's how we met. Uh, so it just kind of built from there. And then, uh, they asked me to come on board to, to do the, the training. So here I am now. Nice. So it's, it's, it's a blast. I, I enjoy it. And with more than, with more than 20 years, uh, on the job so far, is there uh is there a uh an end date or or not nah, just keep keep the train rolling you know i uh i think i think it all just depends on kind of where this world looks like sure yeah <laughs> the, the attitude of policing and what what comes about with what we're told we can and can't do anymore and things like that uh so i would like to do 30 just because that's a a really good retirement and stuff but uh, I would definitely want to do 20 years on SWAT. That's been kind of one of my goals is to, to do 20 years on SWAT. So, because um, I got off for a little while, uh, uh, so I don't have the full 
I, I think I have like 17 years on the squat right now. Okay, so. gotcha. One of those deals. So, All right. unless someone wants to offers me a lot of money to go do something else, then I'm there. So, well, yeah, you, you put a check with enough zeros at the end of it, and I think just yeah. about anybody'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would do some weird shit for a lot of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're doing a threesome right now yeah, for free. Just to give the uh, just to give the listener an idea, uh, the name of this episode is my first threesome because uh, Derek was on the ball because this is the first time I've had two guests on, and uh, so lo and behold, my first threesome. Yeah, how are you liking your first threesome so far? As you know, so far you've both been very gentle, and I really do appreciate that. So uh, you know, uh, we, we can well, be we just, well. We just started, so let's <laughs> jump to conclusion. <laughs> Derek and I are SWAT guys, and we like it rough. And he is a big breacher, so he he likes to breach. Oh, oh, well. boy, howdy! Do I have a door for you? So <laughs> it, it just got right. the jokes write themselves. But if I was ever going to be a eight over a podcast episode, it's probably this one. So I, I, I just keep. Oh well, we'll just we're already here. Fuck it, let's just keep going. <laughs> that's right. We apologize. We apologize. Well, I, I think that's. I think that's the attitude you have to have if you're in a threesome. Just, hey, we're here. Just fuck it. Let's go. Okay. And I think that's the attitude you have to have in policing. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm fresh. I say fresh off patrol. I've been off patrol for eight months. And last year was when, like, yes, last year had its crazy shit for its own crazy reasons. But there was shit not related to COVID, not related to the riots, where we'd get back to our station at the end of the day, be in the locker room, and we'd be that Rick and Morty, like, scene where they're sitting in the little UFO thing. And they're like, holy shit, we should be fucking dead. And we're like, yeah, well, we just kind of had to go it and do it. Like we could stand there and talk about it or we could just go. And so, uh, fuck it. Like, we'll do it live. Let's just try it and see what happens. (laughs) So that's just, I think that's just sometimes the attitude that, uh, that that's, that's that winning attitude right there. So that, that, I mean, that's why I love doing what I do. I love cop. And that's why I love SWAT because that is all like, Hey, we're here. Let's just do it. And, Full board, full sin, man. Absolutely. Well, and I think, and and we'll get into it a, lo- a little bit because having both of you on, I do want to talk about you know the philosophy of of a SWAT team. But I, what's attracted me? I'm a detective now. I would like at some point in time in my career to put some time in on the SWAT team. I don't know. Don't know that I'll do 20 years, but but you know, you know, three to five years somewhere in there. Um, but what attracts me to the idea of that like close knit unit is that everybody's got the same goals. Right. And, yeah. and you all have a like a, a standard of training that is tactically and strategically that is that is above what you receive fresh out of the academy or an in-service training, whatever the yeah. case may be. Um, but, you know, going out to a scene that the people that are around you all know how to fucking handle themselves. You go out to a patrol call is like I was, uh, you know, uh, it, it came up on my episode last night that inevitably everybody and and. This is this will probably piss some people off, but everybody who's ever worked patrol has had somebody show up to one of their calls and they've gone, fuck, not this guy. Or, yep. or hey, 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 dude, I, you know, really appreciate you coming up. Can you go just grab a perimeter position for me? Thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we will we will launch into into that into that philosophy there just because I that that is an attractive part of, you know of being on SWAT. Yeah. The gun, you know, Hey, cool, cool guns, cool trucks, cool armor and equipment, like all this shit. But it's, it really is that whole like person on your left and your right mentality that I think is, is one of the, the really awesome aspects of being on a team such as that. Absolutely. 
But uh, Derek, man, over to you. What uh, what's your career looked like? When'd you get in? Why'd you get in? Uh, and did did you grow up in Texas or did you uh, uh, come? So, so yeah, so I didn't grow up in Texas. I actually grew up in uh, near Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I came from a law enforcement family. I had father, uncle, stepmother, uh, some other relatives in law enforcement. I moved out to Texas my junior year of high school. And I'm telling you right now, man, I absolutely love Texas. Uh, Texas is a place to be. So um, I kind of always wanted to be, you know, like a police officer just because that's what I grew up around. Uh, went to college, uh, actually got my uh, degree in marketing, uh, played, played football, got my degree in marketing. And uh, I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to be a cop because I kind of want to, you know, go a different path. And I saw some of the struggles that, you know, my family had growing uh, as I was growing up with, with, with law enforcement and, you know, a father being on call and, you know, just, you know, just that, just that aspect of the life. So uh, I got a job uh, right out of college working uh, marketing with uh, uh, a larger uh, company and dude, I hated it. I hated it. Um, it was here in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. I actually hated it. I gave it a year. I told myself I'd give it a year. And uh, right at a year to date of getting hired with that company, I quit and started uh, applying. I applied to two agencies uh, here in the uh, Dallas area. Um, they both hired me. One paid more. So that's where I went. And it's been the best decision I've ever, uh, I've ever uh, made. I've been... Let's see here. I'm going on probably 18 years total. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be 18 years total um, this year. So spent three or four years in patrol, which, you know, everybody has to start from patrol. Uh, at the time, when I was a young officer, I either wanted to go to narcotics or SWAT because my agency had a full-time SWAT team. So that, you know, that that just looked like something that I really wanted to do. And I met the... Uh, <laughs> I met the narcotics sergeant at the time, and he was like, son, there's no way that you're going to go to narcotics. So I'm like, well, well, why? And he's like, you're too damn big. People are going to remember you. And I'm like, shit, okay, and dumb. And I'm like, so so I'm like, where do uh, like, where did big guys go? And they're like, uh, big guys go to SWAT. I'm like, fuck it, SWAT. So that's where I want to go. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so. No, so I uh, that was my goal. So I set uh, I set my career path on trying to make SWAT, and uh, it was different because, like I said, I played college football. I was a power lifter. Uh, when I got hired on my agency, I was about 330 pounds. Um, I could, you know, bench press 500 something pounds. I was, you know, Ooh. that guy. But I, but but I couldn't run for shit. And the SWAT guys were all they weren't big and dumb at all. They were friggin' like a soccer team running around doing all their shit. So. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I had to, I had to lose lose weight. It took me three tryouts to make our team, but I wasn't going to give up. Uh, made the team, and uh, I spent ten years on our full time team. Um, then it got busted up due to some manpower issues about three four years ago, and uh, now I'm currently uh, the range master for my department. Still still on SWAT, still a team leader. You know, moved up throughout the years and. Um, Man, it's just it's been the best decision ever to get you know to uh, get hired on where I got hired and to to work my ass off to make SWAT. So, and I was lucky by some of my senior guys on my SWAT team at the time they were heavily involved with the TTTOA. Um, I got to help out with 
some basic SWAT schools, plus go through the basic SWAT school that we put on here in the state when I made our team. I saw the professionalism with the TTPOA. I saw the good work, the dudes, um, just everything with the TTPOA at the time. And I was like, oh, this place is awesome. These guys are awesome. They're knowledge-based. Um, it's just amazing. So I was like, man, I really want to get involved in that. So like I said, we had some senior leadership on my team that was uh, heavily involved in it. And I was like, hey, I want to do anything I can uh, to get involved with the TTPOA. So the guy was like, hey, man, um, you're, you're our – you're a breacher, you're a good breacher. Why don't you teach like a three or four hour block of basic, uh, manual breaching in a, in a basic SWAT class? And I was like, cool, I'll do that. So I started doing that and I just kind of morphed into teaching more breaching, getting involved, teaching my own, uh, 16 hour, uh, breaching class and then doing a breaching instructor class. Um, then I, did a regional director job, what uh, Brandon's doing now, providing training and, and scheduling training and bringing in instructors. So I kind of got um, tired of doing that because that's a lot of work that he's doing. Uh, I couldn't do it when our team got busted up the part time because of just the, me having a, like a you know another responsibility at work. So now I'm just kind of doing the marketing for TTPOA. I do the podcast and I also run the uh, online store, so we can buy all your. All your mm-hmm. TTPOA swag. Call it yeah. a gift shop. It's a gift shop. It's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a gift shop. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, so, yeah. That's uh, as a as a breacher. What is your uh, what is your favorite method to remove a door or to get through a door? Um, I should say. Well, I mean, you know, that's a hard question because I have several favorite methods. But I mean, I would have to say, you know, using explosives by far is is just that's awesome, you know, that's awesome. But uh, I'm I, I'm a big self gravitation guy, so I like going out there and actually hitting the door, you know, and getting like, hey, look at me, like me, big strong, I break doors, <laughs> you know. So, so you like to you like to self gratify yourself a lot. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Apparently, you do. <laughs> have you ever? <laughs> What's your favorite method to do that? <laughs> With explosives. <laughs> no, you know, like we're you know, like we're lucky here in uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex uh, where um, our breachers, uh, you know, they are they're they're well trained. Those guys have a a, a world a wealth of knowledge. Um, yeah, we have uh, a breaching group with a lot of teams in the area. And, uh, man, we get to use explosives or they get to use explosives whenever we deem necessary to accomplish yeah. the goal or the problem of that, of that breach. So, you know, yeah. man, you know, explosive breaching is, is by far the, uh, the best way. And for us, honestly, it's the safest way. It's sure. The safest way. Yeah. And is, and I, I, I would say, go, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I would just say like looking at the explosive breaching going on in Texas with SWAT teams, in my opinion, we we're probably one of the big um, just kind of got that started the TPOA and really trained a lot of good guys. Our, our guys that, deep, that that teach the explosive breaching, they know what the hell they're doing, and that's a tight tight community. And so TPOA has had a lot to do with that of getting it started and, and helping teams out. Uh, and we use it a lot in Texas, and I think we're damn good at how we do it and when we do it and, and just the, the, the method. And that, it's not just, hey, we're just going to blow every single door up. It's not that type of stuff. But, but when we need it, man, our guys know how to do it all across the state. 
Uh, and that's, I'm really proud of that. Just, I'm not a breacher, but I love when guys take something and make it their own and better it. And man, that's what our guys have done with explosive breaching all out through Texas, the TPOA. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, uh, I do some teaching outside and, uh, explosive breaching is part of that. And you talk to teams from across the country and explosive breaching is one of those like last resort or it has to go all the way up to the chief to get permission to, to, to use a uh, explosive breach or whatever it is. And man, I'm like, God, my team, it's just like, if we need to do it, we do it. We don't ask anybody. My guys carry the explosive. My guys are building the charges and they're placing it and they're in, and, and, and they're popping them. Like, it's just kind of like, it's in like, uh, you know, like a two or three times a month thing for us. It's just one of those things that we do. And I'm just like, man, again, some guys are getting, they're getting hamstrung by, by people that really don't know as much about things as they should know, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to SWAT and capabilities of their team. Yeah. 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 I don't know how it is out here. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of my agency's team doing things. I'm sure they've done it, but, but not, I don't think in recent years, um, uh, have yeah. I have I heard about that happening, uh, Derek? Have you ever met a door that couldn't be breached? Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and 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 more than not, it's because of something that I did wrong, like mm-hmm. just got too cocky or arrogant, or just missed you know my uh, my hit points or whatever it is, and and just uh, I remember one time I literally hit a door like eleven to thirteen times as a as a as a young SWAT dude. You know, and as, as a breacher, here I am. I'm a young SWAT dude. Uh, I actually teach this stuff now, you know, on a, on a basic level at that time. And here I am hitting this door 11, 12, 13 times. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, my guys are going to be so pissed. And, of course, <laughs> man, they, they were pissed. Uh, everything turned out, you know, safe. Everybody, you know, it was one of those deals. But afterwards, man, they busted my balls for like like three <laughs> months, man, after that. So yeah, it dude, it happens. It happens to the best, man. It happens. Yeah. And knowing SWAT guys, they probably still bring that up every once in a while, like, "Hey, Derek, <laughs> talk. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, man. Hey, this was this was this was literally probably like you know, twelve, thirteen years ago, and it it it, yep. it probably comes up, you know, every breach screening. Hey, remember that time that you yep. would come uh, uh-huh. and uh, and the bad guy actually came and opened it for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, fuck, leave my door yep. alone. Here, I'll just unlock it for you. <laughs> Uh, dude, hey, yeah. seriously, seriously, that's what happened. A dude like came and like unlocked the door, and I was like, "Fuck, shut that door, lock it back." <laughs> Still trying to get in. Yep. Do me a favor, yeah. pretend to lock it, and then I'm just gonna magically get this door yeah. open. <laughs> exactly. Brandon, did you exactly. uh, uh, within your uh, your team experience, uh, did you have a, a specific specialty that you were assigned to? Uh, I was I was not a breacher because. I'm not the big sexy uh, like Derek is or some of the guys on my team. We have some big gorillas on my team, and I'm, I'm not one of those guys. So, man, I, I, by kind of what I really love to do and what I really just – my passion was always like CQB and just kind of the tactics of, of what that involves and what that looks like and and just being a just a, a really student of SWAT. Like I really enjoy sitting down with – with instructors that come into my home that I, that I have in my house uh, when they teach for TPOA. And man, we're sitting in the backyard honky tonk in my house and we're having beers or whiskey or we're eating steak or we're, we're, we're just 
hanging out and I'm picking their brains and we're talking and, and I just love that. Or we go to our conference and I'm talking to other SWAT guys from around the country or I see other dudes that are like Derek for other departments and we talk shop and, and I'll learn so much from that and I'm always going to learn. So I just kind of look at it. That was kind of my like passion was just to learn about SWAT and be able just to apply that. Like I'm always going to someone's house, even my house, I'm always tactically taking it out. Okay. How are we going to do this? How would I do this? What would I do here? And it, it just, when I walk into a new house, I'm like, shit, man, we need a lot of guys to take down this house or, man, this would be a, this, this would cause us problems or, you know, I'm just always looking at things that way uh, and stuff. And then I think the later, later in my career, I really got in more involved in like really wanting to hone in my, like my shooting abilities. Like I, I've been able to shoot, but just being able to listen to guys and take their knowledge and, and just help me be a better shooter has really been a passion of mine probably in the last five years. And I really love that now. Like I wish I'd have done that earlier in my career, Sure, sure. Uh, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So now I really like, I love shooting. Like it's like one of my favorite things to do now. Um, and what was it, uh, Brandon, what, what brought you into, and my dogs are losing their mind. Hopefully nobody's about to break into my house right now, but oh, well, it is what it is. Um, then, then it's not going to be a threesome anymore. I'll put them on the microphone and we'll have a four way. <laughs> They're not going to know what to expect, but this is not what I anticipated when I came in here. <laughs> uh, but Brandon, what is it that led you into, uh, led you into the SWAT team? Um, man, when I got, when I got to our department, that was something I just knew I wanted to do. Uh, I really don't know why, but probably because just my personality, when I do something, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And if I want, if I'm going to be involved in something, give me the, the most dangerous fun shit I can do. And I thought, well, there's nothing better than that in the squat. Uh, so that was kind of my mindset of going in. And then once I got to the Academy and we had our, uh, we, like I said, we do our own academy, and our uh, our academy instructor was just this big motherfucking muscled up, just SWAT dude, and he was like a legend in our department. And I love I love the way he trained us, and that mindset just kind of stuck with me. And so there were SWAT guys always coming in out of the academy teaching us, and I just like, man, that's that's who I want to be. I want to be those guys. And uh, there was like no doubt in my mind when I was eligible to try out, I was trying out. Like, that's what I was doing. And uh, so that's kind of, and I still have that attitude today. Like I still, like me, I'm just passionate about SWAT. I'm passionate about this, uh, that we get to do. So I still haven't given that up yet. So uh, one day I know I will probably because my body's going to eventually break down because it's doing a damn good job right now of starting to. So, uh, but I still have that passion where like, ah, we got to work 12 hours a day. Cool. Let's do it. Like, let's train. I don't care. Uh, now when it gets hot, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man, can I wear my shorts? I can train my shorts. I'm good. But you know, other, 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 other than that. So that's just kind of my mentality. I'm just, uh, just one of those dudes that's, Hey man, someone's got to fucking do it. And I want to do it. And I want to be the guy that, that gets to do that shit because why else you wouldn't want to do this job and do the fucking most funnest thing you'll ever get to do in your life. And I love, I love being around the guys. I love the team because I played sports in high school and college. And I love that aspect of having the team. And that's what truly guys are. So we are truly a team. Right. Um, and I love that. 
Well, and uh, hopefully they do let you train in shorts every now and then. You guys have that bullshit humidity out there. We don't really get a whole lot of that in Arizona. When it gets to like 30% humidity in Arizona, uh, the entire state ceases to function and we all start hating our lives. (laughs) Yeah. Try 100% humidity at like 100 degrees. Nope. Oh, yeah. Nope. I'm good. Uh, what about you, Derek? I know that, uh, uh, you it's know. It's not fat guy friendly. <laughs> no, no, not. It's not. Especially in the south part of Texas, man. I feel for those boys. Ugh. Yeah, those shit. Was it, uh, Derek, was it just, hey, you know, big dudes go on SWAT, or was there was there more to it? Had you lent any thought to it at all, or? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The big dudes, you know, go to squad. That's just, you know, that guy just being kind of a, you know, kind of a crusty old guy at the time. And uh, you know, my father uh, was on SWAT, so I grew up around it. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, every young boy always wants to be like their dad, you know, in everything. So I kind of knew about it, and I was into guns and, and shooting and stuff like that from growing up. But you know, so I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely. But same thing, Brandon said, like the SWAT dudes, they they trained us. They came to training. They had, you know, different uniforms. They had take home unmarked cars. I'm like, shit, that's cool, man. These guys are running around like BDU pants and, you know, T-shirts. And at the time, like I say, you know, we had a full-time team. And uh, those guys, uh, we, you know, we were busy. When we were full-time, we were busy. They were busy. I just I just kind of saw how much stuff they were doing. Uh, and they were doing stuff all over, all over the area. It just wasn't in my city. Um, if the investigator could give a tie back to where I work, then we would go into your city, um, and, and, and handbook. So we did call outs. We did, you know, narc, narc in other cities. Uh, we went to, into Dallas quite a bit. I mean, it was just, you know, like, and again, the team aspect, man, like I, you know, I, I played team sports most of my adult, um, uh, my adult life, you know, so I, I did miss that team, that, uh, that camaraderie. Uh, with the dudes and uh, like Brandon said, man, being on a team, yeah, that's that's the the guys, the guys. Yeah. You know, at the time, I spent more time with my teammates when we we're full time than my wife or my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I had a, a, a my daughter was born in 2015, and there would be times where I would not see her for like two or three days straight. Not because I wasn't home, but I would get home and she would be in bed already, right? Or uh, she'd be put down uh, uh, for the night. And then I would have to double back, meaning I would have to get up super early in the morning and go in for work or whatever it was, and she wouldn't be up yet. Right. You know, so I, of course, I would see her, you know, check in order just, you know, just see her, but I, I didn't get that quality time. So, yeah, you know, you hang out with the guys and just being friends and, and smoking and joking and making fun of each other and then, when we did have free time, all the families are hanging out. We're having pool parties. We're having barbecues or, or things like that, you know? So I, I needed that because, you know, I kind of grew up with that playing, playing athletics and sports. Right. Right. Well, and it's, and it's, you know, worth talking about, uh, I know before we started the episode, we both got episodes for our respective podcasts planned with, uh, with cop wives and, and for your SWAT wives specifically. But I mean, even just, just as a patrol guy, when I worked graveyards, there were days when, I mean, I slept next to my wife, like I'd get into bed at mm-hmm. seven 30 in the morning, then she'd get up and leave for work at eight. Uh, and I'm already, yeah. you know, passed out because of the night before or whatever. And then I get up, uh, and, and head to work before she would get home from work sometimes. So there's, you know, you, you, you hardly see your, your spouse, let alone your kids. So 
Yeah, it. it you uh, know, what's the uh, what's the saying behind every good man? There's a there's a better woman, or there's a there's a good woman, or something right. like that. And yeah. you know, if you take that and you put that into law enforcement, I'm telling you right now, uh, you can you can multiply that times ten, and then for a special division like SWAT, you can multiply that by ten, because you know, uh, even like normal police officer wives, they deal with a lot of they deal with a lot of shit. They really mm-hmm. do, yeah, especially now and especially now in 2021. Uh, then you add some of the stuff that we do on the SWAT side. You know, you mentioned the riots and and the and the call outs and, and the call ups and all that stuff, man. You have to have a strong woman at home or something other at home um, that supports you and kind of has your back on that. Because if it wasn't like like for my wife, like right now, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for her um, with with our daughter and, 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 and our life, there's no way that I could do the job that I'm doing right now if it wasn't for her. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So. No, I think it's because you go out to dinner, you have, you know, okay, I finally get this time with my family. And then all of a sudden you're out to dinner and the damn phone call. Yep. Guess what? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, shit. I'm sorry. That's and 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 for them to accept that and be willing to walk that journey with you is is, is huge because I have seen it not work out that way with yep. with some guys. It, it, it usually never those guys usually never last long on the on the team because of they're pulled in two directions. And I get it. And you know, family is so important and stuff, but it it never works out well with with a spouse on SWAT that doesn't understand and let that um, just work through some of those issues and, and because if not they get off the team right um, yeah so. yeah I had I had a sergeant and I don't know how it is at your guys's agency where I work you do three years uh, out of the academy and you can start testing for specialties and so I sat down with a sergeant who was a uh, he's our homicide sergeant but he'd done the whole span of person's crimes um, which is where I was interested in going into. And then he was also uh, on SWAT for, God, you know, 15 years or something along those lines. And he had a pretty frank conversation with me that I really appreciated that was, look, man, you can do both, but then you're going to add your family in there. And I'm going to tell you right now, it gets really hard to do all three. And so you you do get put in a position where you have to choose. And do you want to be put in that position? Like, is your wife going to be cool with that? Uh, Are you going to be okay with that? And so that's why, you know, for me, I had to make that decision on, okay, which direction do I want to go with my career right here, right now? You know, I can come back to it later on. Uh, But no, that that's a conversation that, you know, the, the new guys are, you know, when you, yeah, go ahead. Like when that guy said, you know, you know, like like when that sergeant or guy, you know, you're talking to said, hey, is your wife going to be cool with it? And some things I've seen is like the wife, you know, they support their husbands and they're like, yes, I'm cool with it until the reality of it. That's sure. It. Sure. Right. Um, it's like what Brandon said, you know, you're at dinner and the, fo- and the and the phone goes off. Man, that's happened. I've missed birthdays. I've missed uh, I've missed anniversaries. I've missed other family events because as we're getting ready to do what, you know, set of it the phone go off or we have to go, you know, go somewhere. And like I said, it does take, it's, 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 it's a strain on the family dynamics, but you know, if your wife truly supports you and understands that, you know, this is something that you're really into or passion, you know, um, you know, hopefully they don't give you too much, too much grief over it. Right. No, I really experienced it when I was in narcotics and doing the undercover stuff and doing SWAT. And man, and then I was doing TGPOA as well. So I had three damn balls I was juggling. 
And I didn't realize at the time just how thin I was stretched out. And I, all three of those things were off action. Like I love working dope. Like that was, that's, that was a fun damn thing in my career uh, and stuff. But man, I had just no time. I mean, I would get phone calls from my informants and this and that, and then SWAT phone calls and then TWA stuff. So it was like, dude, my phone was blows up. It blows up enough now. Uh, but that whole narcotics thing, it was, it was, it was a lot. Sure. <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. You start, you know, we can only, uh, uh, you know, juggle so many of those, of those things in our lives. Right. So, uh, and then I look like shit too. So, you know, I always walked around with shitty clothes and a beard that was down on my, you know, mid chest. <laughs> so, uh, on top of that, I had a lot of hair issues. So, but, oh man. You know, Good shit. Uh, who's who's coming out and testing? You know, nowadays with with your guys' agency, is it is it the new guys coming in? I say guys, new new officers coming in. You know, two three years out of the academy, or is it primarily? You know, I know for a lot of times, like you look at at some of the bigger agencies around the country, and look, you want to be on SWAT, you're going to do like seven to ten years before you can even realistically have a chance to test. But I know it's not yeah. the case with every agency. What are you guys seeing in your at where you're at? Uh, we don't see as many as we used to. I uh, will say that uh, we used to when I got on. Man, you talking about hard? To, there would be two spots open, and there's 20 dudes putting in for those two spots. Uh, now it's not so much like that. Uh, I think different attitudes have changed. There's different things, uh, and, and I think it's just one of those deals that maybe maybe. We've looked at it on maybe our part as SWAT guys. Maybe we don't promote it enough because, and I, I struggle with this and the fact that I have that old school mentality of I know what I wanted when I got here. It's like you're not keeping me from being those SWAT guys. I didn't. No one had to talk me into it. No one had to encourage me. No one had to say, "Hey, Brandon, you think you might want to try out?" And oh man, you want me? I never had that. So I'm kind of one of those guys that I don't. I don't. I don't do that. Uh, but there's guys on our team that, that, that want to do that. And they think that's a good way to go. And that's, Hey, I'm like, Hey, y'all do that because I don't have that passion for it, but y'all do. That's kind of your niche. If you want to go do that, go ahead. Uh, but for me, I, I guess I think my old school mentality comes out, uh, with that, but we get, we get all types. Most of the time they are new guys or they're, um, military dudes that, you know, serve the military and then want something a little more like what they were doing in the military. Sure. And, sure. Um, what about you, Derek? What are you saying? So, you know, uh, I'll look at it from, from, from the Academy level. Now that I'm, you know, I'm, that's my primary job. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll look at the SWAT level too. Academy level, we are getting a bunch of laterals from out of state. So, yeah. uh, right now we're getting tons of laterals from Illinois, Minnesota, California, Florida, yeah. Um, if you take Florida out of that, if you look at those states that we're getting, uh, Washington, Oregon, um, if you look at the states that we're getting um, these laterals applying with us from, um, it's, it's, it's states that are big into defund the police. It's states that don't back their law enforcement. Um, it's, it's dudes that love doing the work, doing the job, but they want to get the respect from the public. Yeah. Right. So. Um, we're getting a we're getting a bunch of laterals to come to my agency. We have a really good lateral program. Um, some of these guys are coming from some agencies, and they're basically doubling their pay. 
yep. which, uh, you know, that helps out everybody. Uh, yeah. And we're getting tons of guys from New York right now. We have probably ten, at least 10 or 12 NYPD guys working for my agency right now on some level, either already hired or in the process or actually in the academy right now. So we're, we're um, the same way. When it goes to, like, when it comes to SWAT, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm, uh, I'm kind of old school like Brandon when it comes to SWAT, but I'm also now looking at it as my at my my experience and now me being at the academy, I'm trying to recruit guys. Like, I'm looking at dudes that are performing well in the academy. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to perform well on the streets, but at least, you know, I can see the fundamentals of fire, of marksmanship. I can see them learning. I can see them progressing. I can see how they handle themselves and high stress scenarios or whatever it is, or some of the reality based training. And I see if they listen, if they're trainable, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, I need you to enter this door and do A, B, C, and D. And I need you to do it this way. And if they can do that, um, you know, once they hit the streets and they get cut loose through from their PTO program and they're coming through, uh, firearms training or they're at the academy for whatever class they're taking. Hey, have you ever, uh, you thought about doing this? You know, uh, you know, because our department has a two year time frame versus the three year time frame. Uh, within two years, you can put in for specialized sections or tests. Um, so, you know, give this, you know, I, I try to put the bug in their ear. So maybe they're thinking about it. Maybe they're not. But, you know, if I can say, Hey, have you thought about it? This is what we do. This is what we're about. It is hard work, but you know, I think maybe you can do it. At least come try out. And sometimes, yeah. man, those guys, you know, they come and try out, and our tryout is a pain, uh, pain in the ass. Um, sometimes they're like, "Hey, fuck it, man. I don't want to do it. I don't want to put the effort in to do this." That you know, that and that's fine. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for being honest with yourself and being honest with us. And then we have a handful of guys that come out, and man, they just. They want it kind of like what Brandon said, like nothing's going to keep them from getting it. And uh, they put the effort in and they may not get it on their first try because, you know, tenure or whatnot. But, uh, you know, maybe try two or try three, man, those guys are getting selected. And for the most part, they're 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 doing really well. All right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I do want to take uh, take some time to talk about TTPOA. That's how. uh how I ended up finding yeah. you guys, sending y'all a message on Instagram. Uh, what, yeah. you know, kind of, how did you guys end up getting involved with TTPOA and, and, you know, what's, what's kind of the mission statement and the, uh, the ultimate goal of the organization? Jack, you want to go? Yeah, sure. So basically the TTPOA, we're not, you know, nonprofit. Our, our biggest goal is to get first responders training throughout the state of Texas. And when I say first responders, that's all police officers. Uh, you know, yeah, we're Texas Tactical, but we offer classes that uh, any any police officer could take, anything from tactics to shooting, uh, you know, and, and uh, everything in between. Now, we do have, you know, some classes that are just strictly for tactical or SWAT guys, but, um, you know, we're just trying to get affordable training out to the first responders of the state of Texas. Um, and then with that, we're trying to um, get information out, education. Uh, we do everything, like I said, from firearms tactics to legal classes and everything in between. Um, so that's our that's that's our primary goal, and uh, we're basically here for our members. Um, you know, we do have a membership, and uh, we're here for the members to get them this information because if you look at the average size of a police department in the state of Texas, uh, I want to say last time I saw it was like around ten or twelve officers. 
right? And that's all over the state. You know, it's because you mean we have some far west Texas towns that don't have a whole lot of uh, training opportunities or uh, are able to get you know people to come into their agency. So the training that they take from us or, or, or other organizations like us, that's the only training that those guys get throughout the year. Um, so yeah, we're just basically trying to get affordable, good training out to uh, the first responders of Texas. That's yeah. basically it. No, for sure. I mean, I, I and I think there's so much that teaching teach, oh, is a tongue, tongue twister for me as well. <laughs> you been drinking uh, already? <laughs> no, I'm still drunk from the whole weekend. Uh, yeah. So I think our organization too, the other thing that I love about it is the camaraderie and the networking and just the, the community that we truly have with SWAT in Texas and actually outside of Texas. Like our, I know guys from a lot of different states, a lot of people coming down to our training from all over, not just boarding states, but I mean, Washington state, um, you know, Georgia, Florida, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Uh, so we have a huge presence in the tactical community in the law enforcement community. Um, and that's what I love. Like Derek and I's team, we're super close, like really just close with those guys. We do operations, live operations with their team. They do it with our team. Uh, we do a lot of stuff together. Uh, anytime we have our conference, you know, you get to see guys that you haven't seen in, in, in a year and we get to, we get to reminisce and shoot the shit. And then in my position of being the region seven coordinator for the training, man, I'm always meeting guys uh, that are either new to SWAT or been around SWAT for a little while. And then they come to a few classes. So now I know them. Uh, I have my own little like Instagram um, page that I do separate from TTPOA, but I, I always include everything in there with them. And I, just, I promote my stuff and just put out stuff that region seven's doing. And, and man, I get messages all the time or talk with people through that. And like the whole podcast thing that we just started, like that's one of yeah. my favorite things to do. It's, it's, to me, it's training. I mean, we are sitting down with some of the leading people in the industry, whether yeah. it's shooting tactics, uh, just, and, and the thing is, personal, I get personal, personal help. And yeah. Awareness. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that I really never thought we would get into that, but it seems like every person we talk to, it always kind of circles back into your mental health what you're doing, how this job can eat you up and spit you out, and then how you prevent that, or, hey, I've learned from this. Uh, and just also just the whole team and leadership. Uh, I think both Derek and I are really passionate about that. Um, and so we get a lot of guys that just – it just comes up naturally because when you're talking about SWAT stuff, that's kind of just a natural segue into the whole teamwork and leadership and things like that. So, I mean, to me, it's – if I could quit my job today and be full time with the organization doing what I do now, man, I would do that in a heartbeat because it's so much, it's so enjoyable to me. Um, and, yeah, and the I guys I get to, yeah, the guys I get to work with, they let me do my thing. They're like, Hey, Brandon, you go out and do what you got to do to make this organization better. And I think that's one of the things that we always look at because I look at the people that, that I had to follow in their footsteps with region seven all those names in front of me have gone on and done bigger and better things in our organization and have been like the, the stars of our organization. And, and, and I want to be able to leave it to the guy who's going to take my place and go, man, 
Brandon set a really high bar, but my deal is everybody else set a high bar, and I just keep going up that. And that's that's kind of my mentality with this whole organization. It is the guys' organization, not me. It's not about me. It's about these guys, uh, and the benefits that I get to just it just happens. I get to meet these guys and talk with these folks and and just learn from them and go to, and go to outstanding training. I mean, the the training that I've been to with this organization, man, the, the names it's just insane. Who I've gotten to train with and it's made me a better person it's made my my team better and it's made my department better because of the knowledge we get to pass on uh through these these trainings that we get to host and, and be a part of you know okay i want to hit on something brandon said you know he talked about the guys uh in the association i would say you know i'd probably say about 90 percent of the guys that work uh that volunteer for the ttpla about 90 percent of us are currently on swat teams the other 10% were on SWAT at some point in their career. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's the same mindset, the same mentality of a SWAT dude. I give you a task. I give you a job. I want you just to go away and do that job. Don't ask me questions. Don't ask me how to do it. If you need some advice, I may try to help you a little bit. But I can trust these dudes to go do what needs to be done. And they're going to do it the best, the best to, of, uh, to their ability to get that job done. That's what yeah. makes our association great. And I'm sure yeah. the other, uh, like the other bigger associations like Ohio and Cato, um, you know, uh, and the uh, NTOA, I'm sure they will tell you the exact same thing. You know, police officers are A or Pipe A personalities. Most of them, we're starting to see some betas, but, you know, SWAT <laughs> dudes, SWAT dudes are still, SWAT dudes are still Pipe A. And, you know, our biggest thing is leave this thing better than you found it. You know, yep, exactly. so anything that you can do to make the organization better, one, it's going to help the organization, which in return helps our members, which helps the, the first responders in the state. Absolutely. Yeah, no, exactly. How many, yeah, how no, many sure. regions are, so Brandon, you're with region seven. How many regions are there for TTPOA? Oh, shit. I think we have, well, some of the regions have two trainers. So like my region actually has two trainers. So we kind of have a, a north and a south. And it's funny, region seven is the smallest region, but we have the most police departments because we're in the Dallas area. Okay. Uh, I think there's like, I think we have 72 cities just right there in the Dallas area. That's not including Fort Worth Hot and damn. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, yeah it's so, in, there, so there's nine, so there's nine regions broken down over the state. And like yeah. Brandon said, some of the regions have, have region A and region B because of the size. So um, region seven where Brandon is up here in the, in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex is, is a big region. Um, there's two regional directors uh, in the central, which is like yeah. San Antonio, Austin area down through there. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of regions that have, uh, yeah, that have a lot like Houston, Region two, man, those guys are just, just, you know, Houston's the largest police department in the state of Texas. Um, um, Harris County where Houston is, is is the largest, most populated County in the state. So, yeah, yeah. but there's nine regions throughout the state and they, and and they may have multiple directors in that region. And and the other thing too is, Oh, go ahead, Brandon. We're so big. The state's so big that, I mean, you have to have it split up, even though we have, you're the, you're the region director of, of, quote, West Texas area. Well, fucking West Texas is huge, and huge. it's not – it's a lot. So to, to expect one one person to run that or have – or even make it uh, accessible to some of these departments would be hard. So th- that's one of the reasons why we do what we do as well with, with, with that. 
I mean, hell, there's guys, I mean, the West Texas area, they have a lot of dudes come from New Mexico on the train because hell, it's close. Right. It's closer to so than it is for me to go out to Lubbock um, and stuff. So uh, we get a good following with our bordering uh, states as well. And ha- about how many uh, how many members are there in TTPOA? Shit, I, dude, I, I, dude, if I <laughs> yeah, if I gave you a number right now, I'd be lying to you. Yeah. Uh, I, I I couldn't even tell you, but I can tell you this: whenever we have our conference, we have our conference uh, once a year, usually around April ish. And what we do is we move it around the state so we can because the state is so big, right? We do it in North Texas, Central Texas, uh, move it around to like the Houston area, South Texas. So we move it around. We try to move it around and we'll have anywhere between 700 to 1,000 attendees just at the conference. Um, now, now, can everybody make it in like membership? No, but you know, I, I couldn't even tell you the membership numbers, but I know like for conferences, we'll have close to a thousand people attend. And I think if you look at our, if you go on our website on the, uh, ttpoa.org and go to the training you'll see the list of training that we do like i have training posted for 2022 already november 2022 uh i, I would I, I challenge any swat organization in the in the state or in the country to they don't train as much as we do as far as offering training i mean we offer a lot and it's not just our guys that teach like derek teaches i teach but we bring in big names. Like you could, you could, like you could go get a Matt Pronka, a Scott Jelinski, a Chuck Pressburg, a Mike Pannon, a um, Dan Brokos. All these schools you could go to in Texas and to learn how to shoot and tactics. I mean, that's just that's just that's just the few of the names that we have. I mean, and we're always bringing in, 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 in new guys and in, in new people. Rob Latham. I mean, you can go to a Rob, Rob Latham class next month in Region 7, a world champion shooter right. who trains all over the world and can, you know, I know for Arizona it's not as big, but, like, for most people, they're like, damn, that's this guy. So we, And we bring in all kinds of top shooters. Well, and Robbie, and Robbie shoots just at a range just north of my house. Um, yeah, so you know, he, it's, yeah, he's, he's it's not not uncommon yeah. to to run into to those those high end shooters. And talking with with, I had a Chris Palmer on yesterday, uh, who himself a veteran SWAT officer from out here in Arizona, and he brought up a really good point that uh, that with training you don't need, you, you know, there's there's people who kind of shit on on you know non SWAT trainers, non cop trainers, but if it comes down to to shooting, just shooting, we're not talking about CQB, not talking about breaching, not talking about. Uh, you know, TCCC or anything like that, or, you know, vehicle operations, but yeah. just shooting, you don't need, you know, Dev Gru, SEAL Team 6, whoever, uh, you don't need SWAT Jesus to teach you how to shoot a gun. You get guys, uh, you know, and I don't know what, what Rob's uh, whole background is, but you get competitive shooters out there that can run their, like, really run their fucking yeah. gun. It's worth, you know, pays dividends uh, for you to, you know, go to your annual qual having learned from somebody, you know, somebody like Rob or, you know. The, the thing that always drove me crazy is that you have, you have, and it drives me crazy. You have military guys or you have cops that go, Oh, well, military guys can't teach you this. Or, you know, these, these gamer shooters, what are they going to teach you? Well, who do you think these tier one guys go to? Who do they bring in? They bring in these quote gamer shooters to teach them how to shoot. And guess what? They're using the, the, those skills to go over and do real you know, world missions. You have to tell these guys too. You're like, Hey, this dude is teaching you a skill set. 
right? Yeah. And the skill set he's teaching you is the fundamentals of shooting, right? Like whatever it is. He's teaching you how to do this. He's not teaching you police tactics. He's not teaching you, you know, penal code or CCP or anything like that. He's strictly teaching you a skill set that you will put in your quote unquote toolbox and use it when you need it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's the, that's my biggest thing. And I, and, and, and I will say this to add, kind of add what Brandon's talking about, bringing in these, 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 these high speed tier one trainers. Also, we also have great in-house instructors that are like, yeah. you know, if you want to learn, you know, hostage rescue from Houston SWAT, Dallas SWAT, Fort Worth SWAT, uh, you know, guys that have multiple HR runs under their belt, these guys are teaching it for us, right? If you yeah. want to learn, uh, uh, if, if you want to learn explosive certain breach. how explosive breaching, absolutely, on the law enforcement side, because yeah. sometimes the military stuff doesn't translate to law enforcement, right? Right. So, so you need to learn some law enforcement stuff through from law enforcement guys, and we have great in-house instructors that that can do that. You know, so uh, it's just the, the the wealth of knowledge that we have within the TTPOA, and then the resources that we're able to draw from to get outside instructors yeah. in is is, is yeah. awesome. And, and I would think the, the other thing I always want to tell people, especially guys that people that are listening, are like, man, I don't, I've, I've never heard this organization or have, but I'm intimidated to go out and shoot with coach SWAT guys. Well, trust me, not all SWAT guys are burning it down shooters. There might be very new SWAT guys, SWAT guys that, that are still learning. And there's guys out there that I've seen come to classes that are patrol dudes. And I'm like, shit, dude, you can run that gun. Uh, and there's other people that have, uh, a, not a big skill uh, base that they come out and man, they're, they're, they're right there. So I don't ever want people to be discouraged or intimidated, man, come out to these shooting classes. Obviously you're not going to be some, you know, patrol guy. And I want to do explosive breaching because well, you, you don't have the equipment. And right. You have you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to be in that yeah. situation. But I even heard, I, I, I like having guys that, and we have a lot of people do that for in my region that work at, departments that don't get a lot of training they're like hey can i come to a basic squad i'm like hell yeah you can and they'll pay for it themselves or i'll help cut a deal with them. uh and then hey i want to go to advanced SWAT. okay well you've been to basic squat come to advanced SWAT. and it's just it's they're not making SWAT guys but they're giving them some little bit of tactics or they're maybe looking at being a SWAT guy in the future so they're like hey man maybe this is for me uh but i, I love well, I mean, when new people come out to our classes i mean again it circles back to you know Where's this guy from? What agency did, you know, does he work for? Are they getting good trainers? How are their trainers? Again, this may be the only, this may be the only training this dude gets other right. than the yeah. mandatory training that the state right. puts out every year, right? Yeah. So, you know, any, you know, any, any, any information that we can get into, uh, the right heads, you know, the right people, that's, that's, that's basically what it's about, man. Well, and, and looking yeah, through you know, your guys's, looking through your guys's calendar here on, on TTPOA.org, I mean, we are, it's August 29th, so let's just call it what it is. It's basically September. And in the next eight weeks, TTPOA is hosting nearly 30 training courses all over the state of Texas. Yeah. You know, Tyler, Houston, Prairie Hill, Fort Worth, uh, El Paso, uh, Lubbock, Nevada, Irving, uh, all over the place. So it, it, the resources yeah. for your state's officers are out there. And and like you said, it's not just not just the SWAT stuff. You got a course on here, concealed handgun deployment, uh, the 
pistol red dot class patrol tactics like as a as somebody who was a patrol officer i would love to go out and learn patrol tactics courses and have the opportunity presented to me because that's going to make me not only safer but more confident as i go and do my job yeah you know tomorrow morning like tomorrow morning i'm teaching a basic firearms instructor course so i'm teaching you know you know like i have a class where guys are coming in and i'm teaching them how to be a firearms instructor through the state of Texas, and I'm going to give them that certificate. You know, if they pass everything, they'll get a certificate, and they'll be blessed by Tecol, who is our post, basically, to say that they can go back to their agency and basically teach firearms. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're doing instructor-level classes for the state as well. Yeah. And so, like, like my my uh, when I first got on as the Region Seven Director, it was all, like, I wanted classes for SWAT guys. I wanted this. And then as I started – seeing more guys come to classes that didn't have a SWAT background or just things that have kind of evolved just in society of what's kind of going on of us getting attacked and this and that. And, and so now I have a lot of things that I, that I want to do or that I really promote. Like I go to our, our police organization, the department I work at, um, they have partnered with me and they send patrol people or uniform people. I, my deal was just, you're not getting to send SWAT guys. We get enough training, but, Anybody who's in a uniform that wants to go that belongs to our organization, mm-hmm. you can sign up and then they'll draw your name and you get to go to these classes. And it's on our police organization's dime. Right. Uh, so then, so I, I like doing that. Like I came up with um, an emergency one man CQB class that me and another guy teach. And it's not quote SWAT tactics, but it comes to that world of angles and distances and taking CQB, but making it a one one man job is it what we always want to do but no but if you're you find yourself alone you're not going to go well shit i can't do my job right Right, now right i mean Uh, you know you as a patrol guy you get exigent circumstances and you don't have your backups fucking 10 minutes away you don't have the person inside that building doesn't have time for you to wait like you know well i mean if you look at if you look at any active shooter response right now in 2021 it's a one, you know, it could possibly be a one man entry into a school yeah. or office complex yeah. on a, on a, uh, on an active attacker right. type scenario, you know? So, yeah. you know, these patrol dudes need to have a good base, yeah. you know, yes, they need to they have do. a good base. Yeah. I was always, so my, my, uh, always thankful to my age. I mean, I got to, as a patrol guy, I got to take a vehicle CQB class because the thought process from our training cadre was, well, shit, you spend a lot of time in a car. We should probably teach you how yeah. to shoot in and around the car. So. Yeah. And, yeah. And you're like mind blown. Makes sense. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, and cool, shit. I get to shoot through a windshield. This is a pretty interesting yeah, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Because one one of the things someone asked about a question about, well, well, one man CQB, you don't want to do that. Why would you ever do that? I'm like, well, okay, so me and you go into an active shooter in a school and the guy comes out and shoots your ass and he takes off running and there's you want me to go save you or do you want me to go kill the guy who is trying to kill other people? There's worse things than death. And that would be knowing that I let this person run off down the hallway and kill 13 kindergartners. You right. know what? I can't do that. So it's by myself now because yes, me and you came in or maybe me and you come in or maybe three of us come in and there's two shooters and one goes one way, one goes the other way. Guess what? One of those motherfuckers are going to be by themselves. So it, it's things like that. Or you're, you're waiting for backup. And then someone comes out to the house, outside the house, and is yelling, "Help! Help! Help! My son is getting killed by my my father or whatever, or my uh, husband." Well, you're not going to sit there and go, "Well, I I got to wait 
I mean, he, he should be here anytime. Yeah, get on to the radio. Me, hey, can you guys step it up for me? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. To me, I can't do that. And so we're going to have to teach patrol people to do do it with efficiency. And, man, we had some great feedback from, from that class. And I, I love I love teaching the patrol guys a lot because – they're so it's kind of like teaching young rookies. They not that I don't mind getting questioned. It's just they don't ever get exposed to just things that are pretty simple. It, we don't teach like complicated stuff. Most SWAT stuff is not that complicated. It's just we've done it so much and we we have a good way of presenting it. And you know, angles and distances are, are your friends when, especially when you're by yourself. And so right. you can teach somebody that like, oh shit, the light bulb comes on. I'm like, yeah, every foot you move in one room gives you three feet in another. Uh, let's use that. Uh, so things like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's those, uh, those mind blown things. One, well, and again, and hats off to you guys for, for opening up that training. Like, yes, you've got your SWAT specific training, but the stuff that, that you can get out to the, uh, individual patrol officers as well, who, you know, I have to imagine that Texas, uh, you know, just like Arizona has some tiny agencies of four dudes and there is oh, no yeah. fucking SWAT team. And it's like, uh, yeah, I've got the only patrol rifle. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I took an intro course. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and, and I'm telling you right now that 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 is reality for a lot of people uh, in Texas uh, agencies, and and you know, I'm telling you right now I don't want to hear some horror story about some officer that got hurt or killed because of lack of training, especially now that you know training is kind of my life now. I just uh, you know it's, it's the same thing like with my kids. I, I don't want my guys to get hurt because I failed them in some training aspect, you know? So, yeah, I mean, hats off to Brandon, you know, for doing all that stuff and TTPOA for trying to get organizations to step up and to get patrol based dudes classes. Yeah, absolutely. I am, uh, I'm trying to be cognizant of the fact that you guys are two hours ahead of me. So I want to take, give you guys a few minutes to just talk about the podcast. It's, it's come up in our conversation in the last, uh, last hour and, and some change, but, uh, but, but, uh, tell us, tell, tell the listener and, and, uh, and educate me on, on your guys' podcast with TTPOA. Oh man, it is uh, so. We have, to, I think we're up to like what five listeners now. Yeah, Maybe nice. Six. Hell yeah! No. If, yeah you're, dude, if you're yeah. at six, no. I'll be I'll be number seven. Don't worry, I got you. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So 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 it's something, and, and I'll be honest with you. You know, it's something that I was looking at for a while just to grow the TTPOA, and, and Brandon had done a couple of uh, interviews with a couple of trainers and. And I kind of saw some of that and, and I was sitting down, I was thinking about it and I was like, I so saw I contacted Brandon. I'm like, Hey, what, what do you think about this? And he's like, man, I think it's a great idea. I think we should do it. And of course, as soon as I hung up the phone with Brandon, I'm like, fuck. Did I just <laughs> what did I just get myself into? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, shit, man. Um, so I talked to Brandon and Brandon's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, now I'm totally, re- you know, like, like five hundred yeah. more. So I'm like, so I talked to uh, the president of the TTPOA who I work with and um, he was like, man, I think it'd be great. Um, try it to see how it works. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So um, our first episode, well, first off, uh, <laughs> you know, Brandon and I joke about, you know, being dumb and stupid and all this, but you know, I, I think we're pretty smart, intelligent guys, but. Uh, <laughs> and sexy. And sexy. That I can vouch for. Yeah. Everybody listening can't yeah. see you guys, but I get to see you here on my phone. So, yeah. but, but if you're going to have a threesome, have it with good looking guys, you know? Hey, yeah. hey man. But neither, <laughs> neither, neither of us have done a podcast, right? I mean, 
we've never, you know, uh, bought the equipment, used the equipment, edited, you know, edited a podcast, anything like that. So, uh, I went out, I bought all this equipment, uh, bought microphones, the mixing board, all this stuff. And, and I was like, okay, so we got all this stuff and I played around with the house and I tried to figure out how to edit some stuff and got with Brandon. Our first episode, we interviewed the current president and vice president of the TTPOA. And then we talked to some original members or original board members of the TTPOA. And, uh, man, we just kind of started from there, man. And just kind of, and we do the same thing you do. We don't have anything scripted. Uh, it's just two of us up there talking, asking questions and kind of seeing where, where the interview goes, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. I was, I, I was nervous at first. Um, but right now we probably got 13 episodes out. We're, 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 we're close to about 8,000 downloads and, um, we get, we get tons of, uh, tons of, Hey, you guys are doing good, good work, you know, good job. Or I get a lot of, Oh my God, that was so funny when you guys said that or, uh, are you guys talking about my department? Because it sounds like you're talking about my department, but I know uh, yeah, nice not. try. So, IA. You know, I ain't answering any questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not today. I just not. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think it's, I think it's been a great, just to me, I always look at it. This is another training that we're putting out with our podcast. Uh, and that's what we're about. Uh, if you get to be entertained by some of our dumb corny jokes or, stuff that we say that's great but ultimately at the end of the day you can sit in your squad car at 3 a.m and listen and get good training uh no matter what sector you are if you're in cid and you've never done swat or you're wanting to be on swat or you you've been on it you're retired it's it's for everyone i i i have people that listen to it that aren't even in law enforcement but they'll listen Mm -hmm. to them man i really like that that was really cool you're educating me on stuff I had no idea that y'all did or how y'all did that. Uh, so I think that's a really thing for us. I think it's just a, a kind of an outreach that we, you know, owe our community uh, to, to, to educate and continue to do that. Uh, like I love it to get messages, uh, either phone messages or on Instagram. Hey man, listen to y'all's podcast. Really enjoyed that or, or this or guys at work come up to me. It's like, Hey, When's, it, when's the next one's going to drop? I'm like, I don't know when big dumb Derek's going to get this one out, but when he does, that's when it's going to be there. So, first uh, off, I I <laughs> I like the term, the name producer. <laughs> producer, okay. <laughs> I'm producer Derek. Producer Derek, okay. Producer Derek, all right. Yeah. Producer Derek <laughs> of my first threesome. Man, this conversation is taking all sorts of interesting turns. <laughs> yeah, and he likes to self pleasure himself, so you know. Self gratifying self gratification. Self gratification. That's why you can't get the damn podcast out on time. He's self gratifying all the time. <laughs> you know? No, I, you know, hey, I'll be honest with you. I just got so busy. Our last one, like we went. So you know, and and I mean, you're doing it too. Like you know, you're it's it, it's hard to come up with the content. It's hard to get everything edited and to get everything out. So like, I just kind of randomly put them out, and I was trying for like every maybe every couple of weeks, and then man, next thing you know, I got busy. I got tied up and. Brandon's like, hey, when's this episode coming out? And I was like, hey, fuck, I totally forgot. Sorry. <laughs> That's a great question. Let me, uh, uh, we'll circle back to that one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm always say, hey, I'm working on it. 
freaking shellac. Man. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, and the challenge, you know, getting getting scheduling down, right? With with trying to get guests on the show, and and uh, yeah, it it it, uh, it gets a little little complex. You get a little lost in the weeds every now and then. But uh, no, man, my hat's off to what you guys are doing and, and bringing awareness uh, to the uh, the organization uh, uh, that is TTPOA, um, as well as your your continuing uh, involvement within. Uh, within TTPOA and you guys are, you can tell you're putting your heart and your soul into it. And I, I can uh, say with, you know, not, not sucking you guys off. We've already, we already yeah. went past that point, but, uh, but that. <laughs> in the event that I was an officer in the state of Texas, I would be drawn to your organization simply because I can tell that you have a passion for it uh, as, as, oh. as trainers uh, with that organization. And, and uh, I know Texas is lucky to have you, have you guys and have your organization. So uh, I do uh, do really appreciate both of y'all coming on and and, uh, and taking the time to talk to me here. Um, well, we appreciate you saying that about us. Hey, absolutely. I will continue to say nice things about you guys as long as you continue to be gentle. So we know. My my last question, uh, and and I'll give you each the opportunity to answer. Uh, so we'll we'll start back with Brandon. Uh, you have a microphone. Yeah. You got a microphone to the world. What does the world need to hear uh, from uh, Brandon with TTPOA? Uh, for me, I, I would just think kind of just to keep hammering in on the fact of just, like you said, how passionate we are about training the officers, uh, and what quality of work we're putting out there. And if you're, if you're at our classes, man, network, find someone there that, that you're going to be able to leave that and go, Hey man, if I have this person, I know this person in this, in this town now, I know this person in this town, I know the trainer. I don't know how many times these trainers come in and they're giving out their personal information. Like, Hey, you got a question. I'm in the, I'm in the service industry. Call me. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. Uh, and, and I love that because it's about training the cops because my biggest passion is I feel like if we, if we want to, reimagine the police world or defund us and all this bullshit that we keep hearing from politicians and, and, and stuff is if you had the police advice, we would all tell you is that we have to have better training within every department around in, in the, in the nation. Uh, and it should be weekly. It's not that you have to do it. You're forced to do it and you're given some bullshit stuff that you don't want to go do. The things that are going to save guys' life, that are going to save the public's lives, and it's going to save you from millions of dollars of lawsuits. You're not going to have the incidences occur that you see on the uh, videos sometimes, where you you look at you like, damn man, that officer should have never done that. Or you look at things that officers did really good as far as they were within the law, but man, the tactics that they used or the rounds that they sent down range that didn't hit where their target was, or just you look at going, man, if they'd have had a little more training, they could have handled that like that. And it would have been over with faster. Maybe they didn't have to shoot that person. Or maybe when they did shoot that person, it would have been really efficient. So that's what I look at. And that's what I love about our organization is that we're providing those things for guys. It's just some guys can't get off or they, or they don't have enough money or the departments won't send them and all that kind of stuff. But, man, at the end of the day, it's your assets out there. So – you might have to pay a little bit. I know cops are cheap. Shit, I know they are. But, man, I try in my region to do the best I can with getting sponsorships for different uh, uh, companies that, that pay for these guys' tuitions and stuff. So 
I'm trying on my end. Uh, and, and so, but as you can tell, I do have a passion for the training side of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What, uh, what about you, Derek? What you got, man? Follow that up, bitch. <laughs> You're, you're coming in pretty distant. I don't know if you're uh, away from your microphone. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of stamina for this threesome. <laughs> I don't know. There we now go. You sound better. Yeah, you sound better. Sound better. You sound better. All right, uh, dude. Just to hit, just you know, the same thing Brandon said, man. That's uh, he actually did a really good job of explaining that. But I do want to say, man, um, I, we're going to give you an invite. Our conference is going to be in April. Uh, probably more than likely down the Houston area okay. next year. Uh, come out to the conference, take a look, take some classes. Uh, you can do your podcast. Maybe we can hit hit this threesome up and like. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got any uh, hotels do, in the area uh, or what? <laughs> yeah, we'll have our own hotel room. Yeah, uh, and there'll so, be I mean, there'll be more squad guys there if you want to have them join. Oh them, man, you know? Whew. I don't know that I'm ready for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, that that would be uh, awesome. I've got I've got this. I don't know. You guys might be able to say I got this flag here behind me that my yeah, guests uh, my guests yeah. all sign it. So uh, yeah. I will have to bring right. it out to you. Um, yeah, uh, at sure. that conference. For sure. Yeah, man. Seriously, you, you got to come out. You got to take a look at it, uh, man. And like I said, bring all your equipment. We can do podcasts. Uh, we can do something together. You can do your own thing, man. We love to uh, love to have you out there, man. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, we were, my wife and I were just trying to figure out what we were going to do for our anniversary. We're like, Hey, sweetheart, Hey, what I'm going to take you to a police conference in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she would love that. Dude, Houston in April is amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, and on the nerd side, I keep trying to get out to, uh, Johnson space center. Cause I've done Kennedy space center. I, I gotta see, I gotta go to, gotta go to Houston. So well, hey, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm, Dude, I'm can, sorry for nerd out. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry out. if we were, uh, if we brought your um, podcast down a few notches. No, hell no. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't I'm like sure you can never... take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, but man, we we appreciate you reaching out to us and, and, and getting us on the show and stuff. Absolutely. And I, and again, I, I thank y'all both for your time. I know it's, it's getting, uh, getting late in the day there in Texas. I've been watching, uh, cause we're doing this over zoom for the people who are listening. I've been watching the sun's the sun fucking set in both of their, uh, screens as they've been talking. Their, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it is now, it is now dark in the state of Texas. Yeah, so it is dark. It's officially dark. It is officially yeah, it's dark. Way past Brenda's bedtime. I mean, <laughs> it is, man. It's about seven thirty usually. So yeah. wake up at 5am. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, and a Viagra, and he's going to bed. Don't forget, don't forget about that Centrum Silver. You know those those Centrum Silver meds that everybody got to take nowadays. So. I know I am past mid forties now. I'm like, damn, I'm not even mid forties. I'm past that now. So. <laughs> I I won't. Uh, uh, I mean, I call it Blue Line Millennial for a reason, but we won't get into how old I am or anything like that. And I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want you to rescind that invitation. <laughs> I'm actually proud of us that 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 we didn't bring that up at all during this podcast yeah we didn't trash y'all millennials yeah we didn't trash millennials at all no no you didn't and i appreciate that but i like to think it's because of my performance in this uh in this yeah. little event that we've had so yeah, yeah. just call it just call it what it is it's a threesome it's a threesome it's yeah. a threesome and that will be the title of this episode so uh oh, i look forward to it oh hell yeah i'll yeah. get it up uh, well 
<laughs> I'll, I'll get something up. I'll get, get it up, up tonight, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. See how this is, this is rolling. Damn. Into, I mean, man. It just goes to show you that no matter where you are in the country, you put cops in a room together and it's going to go that direction. So it's yeah. going to turn into a locker room quick, fast, and in a hurry. So yeah, it's all just it's all just how we deal with things. It's all that that humor that we keep going. Oh, man. Well, again, his producer is a lot faster than our producer at getting this shit uploading. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Uh, yeah, so my on call days <laughs> rotate, so I know when I'm not on call. <laughs> somebody should talk to our producer. He totally sucks. Uh, he does suck, man. Man, he sucks hard. So, but well, maybe, 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 maybe if I got paid for this job, I'd make it a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Labor of love. Yeah, yeah. So, really appreciate it, man. Awesome. Well, again, I do really appreciate you guys coming on the show. For those of you listeners, ttpoa.org. Go on there, find their training. It's extremely easy to navigate. I've been looking through it just as I've been talking to Brandon and uh, and Derek here. Uh, And they've also got a store so you can go out and get all your swag for your your time out on your boat or on the range. Uh, Head over to the gift shop. Uh, and, uh, and peruse, <laughs> head over to the gift shop and peruse and, uh, and be really nice to the guy on your way out. And so, uh, with that, I want to yeah. thank everybody for listening again, head over ttpoa.org. If you're in the state of Texas, uh, even if you're not, uh, I know you guys have that SWAT competition, not to, I know we're starting to, to end, but you've yep. got, you've got the Canadian mounted police coming out to your SWAT competition in, in October. Yep. So, uh, yep, sure you know, yeah. it, it, TTPOA has, has a little something for everybody. And of course, uh, as, as the, the guys have touched on that networking is key and being able to, to hit up people in other parts of, uh, other parts of the country. I mean, I've got folks in, in Idaho and Washington and California and, and now in Texas that I can hit up if I have questions, you know, uh, for, for their area. Sure. So extremely important as a police officer, no matter if you've got a day on or, or 25 years on to, to keep that networking going. So TTPOA.org. Oh, where do people find your podcast at? Uh, they need the so, platforms. Uh, yep. Spotify. Uh, uh, we need a, we need a pl- uh, platforms for podcasting. So Spotify, iTunes, uh, I almost say grinder, but not grinder. Well, <laughs> that's not where the podcast is, well, but well, Brandon well, does have called? a profile. So. <laughs> it's called something, else, something like that. Derek signed us up for. So, uh, <laughs> no, Brandon, I just signed you up for grinding. <laughs> you, can, you can find, uh, you can find a podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Okay. We pretty much are everywhere. Just like Brandon said. So iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, um, uh, iPod or podcast. I mean, there's tons of stuff out there. Just, awesome. you know, search it. On, so, in, in well, we're going to put it on grinder now. So we're getting, we're getting it on grinder. I think you've just, you know, and, and Derek's the one with the marketing degree, but you've just opened up this yeah. like whole new world for us to market ourselves. Yeah, but but I'm a cop, so uh, I don't use that degree at all. No, no, no. All right, boys. Well, again, I do really appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, TTPOA on Instagram and TTPOA, is it TTPOA Region 7 uh, for you, Brandon? Uh, yeah. So for me, my, my Instagram is, uh, the region seven. Okay. I think that's what it is. Um, I I had to change it. So let me, let me look real quick. So I give it the right one. Yeah. It's the region seven underscore whatever that little line of the bottom is. Got it. Underscore. I think it's. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a millennial. I don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Derailed. 
Oh, I still call it the, the pound sign, not the hashtag. I still don't even know hashtag. It's the pound sign. Well, and you got to so. be careful where you use that. And certain hashtag campaigns have uh, have figured that out. So, uh, oh yeah. Anyways, yeah. all right. Well, good to go. Uh, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, just get back into the search function and uh, search the TTPOA podcast. Give them a listen. Give them a like. Rate the rate their show. Do me a favor and uh, give me a a like and a rating as well. That does help out greatly, and I appreciate everybody who's been listening. Uh, uh, if you have any questions for me, hit me up Blue Line Millennial on Instagram. Uh, Blue Line Millennial. Uh, uh, at gmail.com, uh, or you can find me on Facebook. I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook anymore though. So, uh, let me know who you want to see on the show and, uh, and certainly reach out to, to the Texas tactical police officers association. If you're in their great state, um, if you have any questions about, uh, about training opportunities. So, uh, with that again, guys, uh, said it before, I cannot say it enough. Thank you both so very much for the time that you've given me this evening. Uh, I greatly appreciate, uh, you guys taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, sir. Thank Thanks, you. man. Hey, Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Everybody listen. Again, right. thank you all for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you on the road. See ya.